What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review and nerd news podcast, where this week we will be reviewing Hawk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. That's right. Don't change that dial. You are tuned in to the 3FM Podcast. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich, and I am the nerds are all here. First up, the first co-host, the man who uh, just this past weekend braved Dog City, and he's lived to tell the tale. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Ron. Kudrow's just a big old puppy. That's all I got to say. It's just a slobber, right? Yeah, it's just, just a little bit over Yeah, just a little bit over there, over there. You know. Other than that, he was fine. He might have broke the neighbor's fence. That's he had that weird. Point. He had that weird bone with a shoe attached to it, but you know, it's not Listen, our fault. Listen, that guy hasn't shown back up since, so I think he's good. You know what? You know, nobody really cared. He was just a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, I joke, I joke, I kid. I didn't mean to offend <laughs> any Jehovah's Witnesses. Don't get us started. Uh, but you know what? We have the other co-host here. He's the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction of all podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the man that this year is going to win his fantasy football league. And I hope I jinxed you so you have to eat something disgusting. Ladies and gentlemen, Diesel. Calling out all them hot Jehovah's Witness ladies. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be honest, and uh, this could get me heat. I've never seen a hot Jehovah's Witness lady. Maybe in a porno. But that doesn't count. <laughs> They're not really Jehovah's Witnesses in there. But then again, I don't think I've ever seen a Jehovah's Witness porn. I'm sure it exists. It has to. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. has to. I mean, they're the greatest ones to date, though. You don't have to ever worry about a birthday gift, a Christmas gift. None of that. That's very true. <laughs> also, on top of that, you know, their expectations are very low because, remember, only X amount get into heaven we, of we, all time. We had a guy that on my job that, quote, unquote, was a Jehovah's Witness. And he tried to use holidays to get off. I mean, well, that's just gaming the system. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, hey. Uh, he's like, my, my holiday for my religion holiday is this. And it was the one in, I think, November. I forget the name of it. But he's just like, and we just laughed. Like, they, they don't, don't celebrate, celebrate holidays. holidays. Even though it is it is a day in their religion, but it you don't celebrate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely trying to cheat the system. Yeah. Well, with that being said, Ron, how's been your week? Uh, it's been all right. Like I said, been dog sitting for Rody Josh. I uh, did took care of Dirk, big old dumbass chocolate lab. You know, can't really complain about that. That was all we did. Uh, uh, nothing else really eventful happened through the week. I mean, no D and D group on Wednesday, so I'm just sat home with the dog and worked. That was pretty much it. He relaxed. That's good things. Diesel, you had a big weekend. How's your how's your week been? It's been a busy weekend. Did a lot of stuff after work Friday. Grabbed some dinner. Uh, came down and helped with the Dominaria United pre-release for Friday night. And then Saturday had a birthday party to attend, which was fun. And then Sunday did my fantasy football draft, which <sighs> mistakes were made. <laughs> so you're saying I could be right. I don't think I'll finish dead last. Next year's dead last finisher has to eat Sorstroming, the nasty fish in a can that... Um, you have to eat outside because it's going to like stain your enclosure with its rotten smell. What? Yeah. So yeah. it's strumming. So you already have that picked out, huh? Yep. 
This Who year. gets to pick it? This year's winner gets to pick it? No, nope, we, we voted on it. Uh, this year, uh, the loser had to eat uh, Rocky Mountain Jerky. <laughs> so, Bulls Balls Jerky. Yep. I tried a piece. It wasn't bad until it was bad. <laughs> I, I love how you, you didn't lose last year, but you still tried a piece. I was like four gin and tonics in at that point. Nothing was phasing me. <laughs> well, obviously it did because you were like, it was good until it was bad. <laughs> Uh, so obviously something got you. Uh, I've had a long wrestling weekend. I watched a lot of wrestling. I watched uh, Clash of the Castle. I watched Worlds Collide. I watched GCW. I watched All Out. You can hear all about that on 607 TWS. Trust me, we've got uh, got a great program coming out there. So wherever you get great podcasts, 607 TWS. Um, the wrestling show there. But yeah, that's, 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 I had a relaxing weekend. Did some laundry caught up. It was good because after all the stuff I was doing for Sci-Fi Horror Fest the weekend before, I needed to recharge my batteries, if you will. So I'm glad to have gotten that time in. But with that being said, that's enough about uh, our weeks. But before we can get the party started, we do have to bother you guys with a little bit of open and plug action. Of course, that uh, means... Go to 3FNPodcast.com. It's got all the information for you. Need I say more? You go there, the social medias, all there. Make sure you click on it. Make sure you follow us on all the social medias. Help it out. Also, uh, you can find out links to the show where you can pick it up on your favorite podcast provider. Hell, if you want, you can stream the show right from 3FNPodcast.com. Uh, not just 3FN Podcast, but also 607TWS and our good friends at the Ojo Duro Parley Hour Podcast. You can find them on their friends of the show. Stream it right from there as well. Also, while you're there, check out the music section that has all the bands that help us and provide us with music, including the band you hear each and every week do our opening theme song. That, of course, is Shout at the Robots. Make sure you're supporting them and everybody else listed there as well. Of course, the Patreon link is there for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. And the T Public link is there as well if you would like to buy some swag and help support the show. Last but certainly not least, our local sponsors are listed there in the sponsor section. They help us bring the show to you each and every week, commercial free. First of all, we have our friends at Dragon Master Games, who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the web, dragonmastergames.com. And of course, if you're in the 607 and you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, you can visit Rex Torado's Auto Detailing and tell them the 3FN Podcast sends you Diesel if they want to make an appointment. Who do they call? 607-644-3389. And that's how you get a hold of them and thank them so much for providing commercial free and of course our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest who had a great year and we've already announced the date for next year, August 25th and 26th at the Vernon Downs Casino. It's going to be awesome and a banger. Uh, obviously tickets are not up for sale yet, but when they do, we'll, you'll be the first to know and of course you can get their website right from 3FNPodcast.com. By the way, 3FNPodcast.com is awesome in the liner notes. I don't know how you would forget the website now. <laughs> I can understand in the past when it was 8122productions.com. But now, we made it easy for everybody. And by the way, it was a good it was a good bet. Because now we get more visitors. And I enjoy it. And we love you people. We really do. We love you. We really, really <laughs> love you. But you didn't come here to hear me tell you how much we love you. You didn't hear, come here to we, hear about Ron's dog sitting. Hey, or man. you might have come here to hear about Diesel's weekend. But he <laughs> gave you the PG version because there's a whole other interesting story that you won't get unless we hit, I think it was, what, $50 a month on uh, Patreon? Or was it 100 bucks? I can't remember the goal. It's, it's posted on there. <laughs> I, I'd have to relook at it because I know... Half of my story was at 150s, and then. By yeah. the way, I do know one of the goals at fifty dollars. If we had fifty dollars a month, one of the goals was the uh, you guys doing your uh, Golden Girls podcast on there. So yes. I was waiting yes. for that. But there's also one of the goals is Ron telling a little more stories about himself which, and Diesel opening up like a book, which is weird that Ron was cheaper than Diesel. I don't understand how that worked. No, Diesel was cheaper than Ron. No, no, no. He he wanted more money 
for burning no, bridges. Because I had well, I had two. I had two spots. I had half of the story at like one fifty, I thought, and then the other half at like two hundred. You did, but Diesel literally had like I think it was way more than that for his whole thing. If I got burn bridges, I gotta get paid, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, uh, if we ever get there, if not, you'll just have to hear. Yes. Our versions of it. <laughs> the Golden Girl podcast where we watch and talk about each episode of the Golden Girls. <laughs> I, I, I almost want to donate just so I can hear it. But then again, I could just kind of produce it. Be, we, we, right. we need to know what happened to the maid or the, the live-in butler or whatever he was. I can't wait till they get to the black condom episode. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, with that being said, it is now time to kick the show off with this week's... Edition of the Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, foam. All right, he was closer that time. <laughs> I was nervous. I was getting nervous. Last week he was way the fuck off. He's coming back into things. You know, you never know when power outages and blackouts and robbery, attempted robberies, <laughs> will get to Diesel and his mentality. Uh, with that being said, uh, let's. what's up first in the news? Well, what's up is that something's not happening. Uh, the virtual fan convention DC Fandom won't be taking place this year. Originally launched in 2020, DC Fandom was a virtual convention that covered DC content consisting of comics, TV shows, and movies, with stars and creators holding virtual panels to discuss their many projects. DC Fandom has also served as the first place fans can see trailers for The Batman starring Robert Pattinson, The Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League game, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and more unfortunately warner brothers discovery has canceled this year's dc fandom according to popverse comicbook.com can also confirm the latest update to dc fandom with the return of in-person events warner brothers discovery is excited to be able to engage with our fans live at numerous comic cons around the world and will not be scheduling dc fandom for 2022 a statement from warner brothers discovery reads so in the ever-changing world where Warner Brothers Discovery just keeps yanking the plugs on everything. We now got them to yank the plug on their own virtual convention. Now, with that being said, do you believe their story about going to places in person, meaning places like San Diego Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con, which I can tell you right now, they have not announced anything from New York Comic-Con from DC or Warner Brothers Discovery. I know because I'm going. So with that being said, do you guys think that this is just an excuse and it's just a way for them to be like, we don't have shit coming out, so we're not doing anything? Or are they really going to come to conventions? Diesel, you got a smirk, so I'm going to start with you. I wouldn't be surprised if they go to conventions, but them canceling fandom, I think with everything that's up in the air right now, with canceling of Batgirl, with the possible cancellation of The Flash, this is probably their best move, because they're, you know people are just going to bombard them with questions about Batgirl and Ezra Miller and they're not, their panels are just going to get trolled, essentially. So taking this off the table is probably the smartest move they can do. And then hopefully they have a showing at New York uh, Comic-Con and San Diego Comic-Con. If they do or not, who knows? Absolutely. Ron, what's your thoughts? Well, San Diego, they already showed. They, right. they already showed the Black Adam. They showed all that stuff. That Rock showed up in his outfit, took off, and flew like he was flying. So that's all they have. They canceled everything else. Like, there's nothing for them to show. Uh, Flash is still up in the air, so you don't need that media headache right now. Um, Aquaman got pushed, and I think Shazam got pushed. Yeah. So there's nothing till next year other than Black Adam. So there's no reason to spend the time or money to go to, to put this up and out and just to have people, the media ask, 
what's your plans why did you do this with Batgirl why did you have secret showings for everybody on the set why is Elsa Miller still why are you still dealing with Elsa Miller like why 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 no. it's it's just one big giant headache that they already that they already because they canceled everything no. I mean what we're gonna talk talk about Star Girl yeah Star Girl is a great show but it's the only thing new Lois and Clarko they just they have to recast Jonathan Kent because he's having issues. Fine, whatever you got to do it. You don't want it's just headaches you don't need to have. So it's it's a smart it's a smart move on their end. If you're going to cancel stuff and save money, cancel cancel it. No reason. I agree. If they're not going to have anything come out, there's no reason to do a, a yeah. fandom. And I I I don't understand why they're not having anything come out. But as you know, we've already <laughs> we've already been over this ad nauseum. So I guess it is the next logical thing. At least with it being virtual, it didn't cost them as much money yeah. as like throwing the big shindig. But speaking of big shindigs, there is something that is going on this upcoming weekend, and we're going to have all the news next week, of course. And that is starting on Friday, September 9th through uh, Sunday, September 11th. It is D23, the Disney Expo. And for the first time since the pandemic, it will be back in live form. So they are actually having the actual event. And on top of that, you can still see some of the stuff virtually. Uh, they do have usually do a lot of stuff on Disney+, Plus, especially recaps. But you also need to check their YouTube channels and just go to the website because they have a lot of things scheduled to come out. Now, that brings us to the preview of speculation. What are we speculating on? We do have a schedule, but I'm not going to run down through the whole schedule because the whole schedule is, most of it's happening on Saturday the 10th. But a lot of the schedule is just, well, this is happening. There's a Marvel panel. There's a Star Wars panel. There's, you know, Disney animation panel. There's all sorts of crazy stuff. So we're not going to waste our time just going through because let's just get to speculation because that's all the reason we go to this schedule anyways, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad we're in agreement. So there's some safe bets coming out of here. Uh, one of them is Black Panther 2 showing off new footage. San Diego Comic-Con brought with it the debut trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and it brought with it glowing reactions. With the November release now just two months away, D23 ought to bring more footage. Who knows whether this will amount to the full online release of the second trailer or just attendee exclusive footage, but the next public look uh, can't be far away. Perhaps fans will finally see a closer look at Namor and his kingdom of Tolakan, because remember, it's no longer Atlantis. Uh, how do you guys think rate that? Do you think that's a possibility we're going to get at D23? Yeah, strongly possible. Uh, yeah, it's the next movie coming out for them, yes. Another one that I think is uh, pretty strong is Werewolf by Night, finally announced. Marvel Studios' upcoming Disney Plus Halloween special has been among the worst-kept secrets in its history. Composer Michael Giancano will make his directorial debut on the secretive project that stars Gail Garcia Bernal and Laura Donnelly. The Werewolf by Night special began production in March and wrapped shortly after. The composer-turned-director promised in June that news is coming very soon, and with release expected in October, that ought to come at D23. Thoughts on that being a lock? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right before October. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Uh, nope. Next up is the MCU directors become official. Many of the MCU's upcoming Phase 5 and 6 projects have reportedly signed directors, but have yet to be formally revealed at a presentation. Among these is Shang-Chi's Destin Danielle Creighton taking Avengers the King Dynasty and WandaVision's Matt Shakeman, who will tackle Fantastic Four. These directorial signings ought to be part of Kevin Fahey's D23 announcements, perhaps with them even coming out on stage to offer a tease of what to expect from their upcoming MCU flicks. I think this is also a lock. Do you guys have any guesses to who else might be joining them as directors that they might lock in? Do you think it's going to stay as some of these young directors? Or do you think that we're going to see another in the vein of Sam Raimi and get another big director for one of the movies? I don't know if we're going to get a big name again, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get um, the Russos back. 
I wouldn't be surprised yeah. either. I think I think Russo's will probably fin- finish out the Avengers movies, the oh, two yeah. Avenger movies. Um, I and that's just a complete speculation. Uh, we'll probably get the Fantastic Four director definitely, and if it's Korinsky, then, uh, then we'll probably be him, be Fantastic Four, or be Mister Fantastic. Blah 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 blah. So well, already attached to that is uh, Matt Shakeman. Yeah. He, he's going to be oh, the Fantastic right. Four. I forgot about that. Okay. And it's pretty much believed that at this point, that John Krasinski is not going to be Reed yep. Richards. That is the, the the progressive thing, and I, I, it's on my list somewhere here, but we can might as well jump to it. A lot of people think that we are going to get the Fantastic Four casting, and it's not John Krasinski. That's now the belief. And actually, there's a lot of people that don't want it to be, which is really weird. Yeah, it's strange to me. It, 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 it's like, hey, we might have gotten what we wanted. Never mind, we don't want it. It's a weird nerd vibe, but yeah, yeah that's another no, one right. on the list, so might as well talk about that briefly. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, Guardians Holiday Special Reveals footage. Uh, Werewolf by Night may be hiding in the shadows, but Marvel Studios has already confirmed the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special for this year. Although the festive event was strangely omitted from the Phase 4 and 5 slates, it's expected to serve as the epilogue to the current chapter of the Multiverse Saga. Having previously gone undiscussed at Comic-Con, the holiday special ought to be highlighted at D23 only a few months out from release. This should involve the reveal of the first trailer, but who knows whether it will find its way online or remain exclusive to attendees. I think it's going to find its way online because we're getting down to the crunch time for yeah. it. Yeah. I know we know James Gunn has talked about it, so we know it's coming, like it, everybody said. It might, it might not. It might be like early October that we get it. It might not be right away. So I think that's a lock as well. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Well, now we're going to get into things that aren't such locks. All right. Uh, how about this one? And I know this is near and dear to Ron's heart. Deadpool 3 goes official. Four years after Ryan Reynolds' last superhero outing, Deadpool 3 is finally close to becoming a reality with free guy Sean Levy taking over directing duties and the writers of the last two flicks back once again. Reynolds has begun training and filming preparations are getting underway, suggesting production on the Fish Out of Water story will begin soon. With evidence pointing to the sequel joining Phase 5 on February 16th of 2024, news ought to come at D23, perhaps with Reynolds even coming out on stage. I know you're always excited for Ryan Reynolds. Do you think that that's a high possibility or a lower possibility? I, it's Deadpool, so it's more. It's always been more of of appearing when you don't when you least expect it. Like he okay. he doesn't really do the Deadpool thing during like big events. It's always been like oh uh, oh I heard Comic Con happened last week. Sorry I was late. Here's me uh, you know doing the you know in front of a fireplace during Christmas time. Like so. And that, that's something like Ryan Reynolds would do. Agreed. So I, I don't think I don't think we're gonna get that right yet. Diesel? Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. I think one of the Disney's best things that they're doing with Deadpool is the will they, won't they. Yeah. So prolong that as long as possible. Obviously they're gonna move forward with the property, yeah. but just keep us in the dark on this yeah. one. I agree with you. I think that's better to be left in the dark because it's kind of more fun that way. Yeah. Uh, next up, Thunderbolts cast confirmed. Thunderbolts was one of the biggest reveals at Comic-Con as it will round out Phase 5 on July 26th of 2024. With production un- expected to begin early next year, unfortunately, Fahi omitted the roster from his last presentation, but that ought to come at D23 this month. Based on the latest report, Yolanda Belova, The Hood, and Valentina are all locked for the uh, ensemble. Other potential villains to be included are reportedly Abomination, U.S. Agent, The Punisher, and Baron Zemo. I want to point out, that if we do not get Baron Zemo, I'm not watching this fucking movie. Like, cause I'm I'm serious. I yeah, I think that should be as much of a lock as you can lock. No, I'm sure we're getting him. I just don't think he's going to be in charge. Oh no, I don't think he's yeah. going to be in charge either. And that goes to Valentina. Yeah. So I, I I'm just saying he better be there. But now let's go to the feelings. Starting with Diesel. Do you think that this is the place where we'll get the full roster for Thunderbolts? 
I want it to be, but I doubt it. Um, I think it's still far enough away where you can save this for like next year, San Diego. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's a bigger deal than doing it for D23. I think D23, you're, you want to stick more to your Disney stuff, not your, especially not your Marvel villains type thing or anti-heroes. Right. Yeah, I, I think the only thing we'll get off of this is uh, Bantham Law coming back as Punisher. Uh, maybe, but I might. They might keep that under wraps, especially if that's tied into another property. Maybe, but I don't. I, I think it's enough. I think it's enough push to show that he is there because it's the only one that they True. haven't really. They haven't besides Iron Fist, which is whatever. You know, so I'm just saying the way they're churning out post credit scenes for She Hulk, there's a possibility that it happens there. So they might not want to, you know, True. cut their nose off to spite their face. Uh, next one up, Blade drops news before filming. Marshall Ali's Blade now stands as the only element of Kevin Fahey's 2019 Comic-Con presentation to have not been released. Nonetheless, Blade's release is set for next November and production will begin in October. So there's likely to be some news at D23 ahead of filming, such as casting announcements. Uh, where are you putting that at, Diesel? I put this one slightly higher again. The timing of it all, Blade, Vampires, it's coming up on Fall it's close enough to Halloween. I think this is a, one of the better ones to do, yes. I think that with the filming coming up, it wouldn't be a surprise to me if they don't at least like give the casting for the villain yeah. and maybe some other characters. Yeah. I think that would be smart since it's right around the corner to film. Uh, Wonder Man finds his star. Per, uh, progress appears to be moving fast on Disney Plus's Wonder Man series that is being developed by Shang-Chi director Destin Daniel Crane as a Hollywood satire. The cast already includes the return of Ben Kingsley, Trevor Slate, uh, Trevor Slatery, you know, the fake Mandarin, <laughs> but D23 ought to offer the reveal of the titular star in a release window. Uh, where are you feeling about that, Ron? Okay, whatever. Wonder Man was never a big thing for me, so I don't care either way. Like... So what? This one is, I think, it was good for D twenty three. Yeah, if they character. include it, cool. If they don't, cool. But I think this is more of a D twenty three feel to it. I agree because it's, it's directly tied to Disney Plus. Yeah. Also, I want to point out with adding Ben Kingsley, it made me more interested. Yeah, same here. Uh, next up, Comic-Con clips get reruns. Comic-Con brought with it the first footage of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Secret Invasion, and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, including King the Conqueror, privately shown to attendees. These same clips may be well show reruns, possibly along with some new snippets as post-production continues to progress on all three. I hope if they do our reruns or reruns for the public because yeah. I would prefer to see them. Diesel, your thoughts? Same here. Um, if you do rerun them... I don't think they necessarily need to add any new clips to it, but rerun them to D23 and make them public uh, public for all of us to watch. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Next up, the Marvels gets first look. Uh, despite having concluded filming prior to the event, the Marvels didn't show any footage at Comic-Con, likely due to the Ms. Marvel finale still being fresh. With some time now past, attendees ought to catch an exclusive look at the all-female ensemble, showing off Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and Monica Rambeau. Yeah, it sounds like... a. For D23, this sounds like a good showing. This would yeah. be a good place to do it. Um, I'm not terribly excited for it personally, but I think D23 is a good showing for it. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Ron? It's the only place to really put this one, really, because I don't... Who really cares? Well, next up, I think this is... Uh, unless they're not going to have footage, I think this is as big a lock as you can get. Phase 5 Disney Plus series make waves. Uh, after She-Hawk wraps up in October, Marvel Studios won't have another Disney Plus series until Spring's Secret Invasion. Nick Fury's mystery th uh, thriller may have already shown footage at Comic-Con, but D23 will likely bring exclusive peaks at Echo and Loki Season 2, the former of which has already wrapped filming. The other Phase 5 Disney Plus series include Ironheart, 
Agatha, Coven of Chaos, and Daredevil Born Again, none of which would have enough footage to reveal. However, there still may be casting announcements or other news offer. I personally here think that we are going to see footage from Echo and Loki at D23 because it makes sense. And I wouldn't be surprised at, for having at least news for Ironheart, Agatha, and Daredevil. Yeah. Diesel. Probably like a first look at some of the characters, um, all that stuff. Maybe some new costumes, all that stuff. I agreed with the Loki and Echo having stuff available. Maybe like a teaser, like a, a teaser of a teaser for uh, Daredevil. Yeah. Remember Fandom last year, they had the whole, uh, or two years ago, had the Batman trailer when it yeah. was only 25% filmed. You don't need the whole thing filmed to get a teaser going. No, it'd be enough. I mean, whatever, because whatever they shoot for She-Hawk, they could probably shoot a couple things yeah. just to have for for a teaser for Daredevil. These I can count as kind of long shots, and I kind of, uh, some of these I have no interest in, but still, we can count them as long shots. The first of which... Eternals 2 gets revealed. The controversial Eternals ended on a game-changing cliffhanger that many are now desperate to see resolved. I don't know who these many are, but it ain't me. A sequel has yet to be formally announced, but Pip, the troll actor, Patton Oswalt, recently let slip that Eternals 2 will be happening with director Chloe Zhao returning at the helm. As Marvel Studios will probably want the Eternals to get involved in the climax of the multiverse saga, this should release at some point in 2025. In order to free up the team from their current cliffhanger ahead of the crossover event, so if that is indeed the plan, it may become official. What are you thinking about this news? I am hoping they use D23 to announce the cancellation of Eternals 2. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope not. Don't, don't ruin my D23 experience with Eternals. Yeah, Ron? I, I Eternals was bad. I don't, so bad. I, like, I think it's an easy way just to forget go it. off into the distance and don't worry about it. If you need to pull a character or two, you can do that, but you don't need a whole other movie. How about this one? This one is where I think we're more excited about this. Possibly, Shang Chi goes official. Shang-Chi has already been revealed to be in development, but has yet to be made official. One factor that could greatly influence where Shang-Chi 2 places in the future is whether the first film's director will be returning. With Destin Daniel Creighton turning his focus to Avengers the Kang Dynasty and Wonder Man, it's hard to imagine him having time for the sequel anytime soon. So whether Creighton returns ought to dictate if Shang-Chi 2 is announced for Phase 6 at D23 or if it's saved for the next saga. What say you guys, Ron? Um, fine, give me more Shang-Chi, whatever you want to show me now, I'll take. If you want to tease me with just enough, you know, just saying that it's going to be there and wait until next year when there's filming, fine. Whatever news they give is going to be fine. Diesel. Yeah, complete opposite take from Eternals. Uh, if you <laughs> want to give me any bits of information on Shang-Chi 2, even a estimated timetable, new director maybe, or be like, hey, we got other stuff in the plans, so maybe 2026 we'll be talking to Shang-Chi 2. Just give me more Shang-Chi. Yes. Here's one that I think is probably, probably, in my opinion, I know they kind of, you know, without saying spoilers, there's a little bit of setup or whatever in She-Hulk. But this one I really think is out in left field, but I really would love it, but I don't know how they would pull it off. And that, of course, is World War Hulk confirmed. 
Uh, Hulk fans have been waiting for a sequel to The Incredible Hulk for over a decade now, but rights issues with Universal have prevented that. Now World War Hulk appears to be in the pipeline and may even be getting set up by the She-Hulk attorney at law right now. Production will reportedly begin in the not-too-distant future, so an announcement is entirely possible. But if the storyline hinges around the latter episodes of She-Hulk, then that reveal may be saved until later to avoid spoilers. I think that A, that's probably most likely... And B, I just don't under I don't know how we're gonna get to World War Hulk. It's a big story. It takes a lot. It takes a lot from the universe. And I don't know if we have that in place. And I don't know if you really want to put that in phase five and six in this in this multiverse saga. That's something that you should save for the big movie of another saga. Yeah. In my opinion. I know you were a big fan uh, of this in the comic books, Derek. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I do love the storyline, but I don't think the MCU is a place for it. Maybe well, since we are doing the multiverse stuff, you can do like a, a spin-off of like, all right, this isn't part of the MCU. This is just a side story from another universe. Yeah. And then I'd be cool with it because it's such a weird, complicated story where he destroys everything. Well, massive yeah. characters. And you can't do that in the current MCU world. Well, like the problem you have now is they already kind of did that when they sent him off. And now he just jumps on a ship and goes... So doesn't make the storyline go the way you want it to. Yeah. Right. Where's the revenge? You know, there's no revenge because the whole World War Hulk storyline was the Illuminati pretty much said, yeah, you're too powerful for this planet. You just got to go. Yeah. And they sent him to Planet Hulk. Well, then we had the whole Planet Hulk storyline. And then the ship that brought well, him to Planet Hulk blew well, up. Well, and then they, that's when he came back and invaded Earth. Technically, they sent him off into a ship that wasn't supposed to collide in any civilization or any planets or anything. Blah, 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 blah was the original plan. But it. Obviously, comics reasons he plan falls. Tony Stark fucked up. We all know that. <laughs> uh, asteroid or something hits him, goes into a planet, and he lives his life there. It wasn't a great life. He became ruler because he started whooping ass, and I, then all of a sudden his wife dies because ship the ship, 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 ship blew ship, up. Ship blew up. So then he comes back and just wrecks face on everybody. Yeah, since they have massive square garden to the Coliseum. Yeah, it's great. If you just do like a a, a multiverse shoot off and go to Earth, whatever, where this happens. Yeah. Cool. I will watch it, and I will accept that it's not part of what the overwhelming storyline yeah, it, is. It's just too many too many hiccups to try to get this story on. This is something we've had teased multiple times, but could possibly come up at D23. I will give it that. Nova enters the fold. The wait has been long to see Nova, either Richard Ryder or Sam Alexander, enter the MCU. And all signs are pointing to it being not too far away. Granted, nobody yet knows whether this will be a big screen movie or Disney Plus series, but reports indicate Ryder will be the star. The last word on production indicated a 2023 start, what is likely to be a Disney Plus series, so it ought to be slot somewhere onto Phase 6, perhaps leading Marvel Studios to shock fans with a reveal at D23. I've never been a huge Nova guy, but they have teased it a lot for Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Well, they Nova is... The problem with Nova, Nova Corps is it's what Marvel tried to make their Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, and it they just, did it so much better. They did not do so much better. Like, like it or not, they did not do much better. But basically, it's uh, everybody has a helmet and they have powers. Yay! It's better than a drawer than have powers. No, it's just, but it's like they like there's, it's just like oh, we have these guys. They're going to be the space force. Okay, fine, I get it. The characters never did really anything. I don't think they're going to do anything with Nova until after we get the full Adam Warlock, which we sure. know is coming up soon. So I think that's going to, they're going to save that cosmic entity thing for the next evolutions after we get warlock yeah it'll be the next space story yeah. that we need because you're going to need something to continue whatever space saga story that yeah. they want to tell 
and I'm fine with it being whatever, but I'm Nova's not that great of a character. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I'm not I'm not super excited for it, but I understand why people would. Another far out there one would be Secret Wars gets a director. I don't even think that's far out there. I think it might happen. Uh, in, in the article here says, Avengers of the King Dynasty may have signed Destin Daniel Creighton as director, but reports are suggesting Secret Wars may put someone else at the helm. There's no telling which director will take the job on the November 2025th release, but the Russo brothers have been taken out of the equation. Secret Wars won't have to begin filming until 2024, so Marvel Studios doesn't necessarily need to choose and announce a director right now. But if Kevin Feige already has one lined up, he may choose to announce that name at D23. I think this would be the smart bet, being the fact that they did announce the the, the King movie. So that means why wouldn't they, at Comic Con? Why wouldn't they introduce this one at D23 back to back? And now we have the directors for both. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, there'd be a good good release for D23. Um, no matter who you got, it would be a good announcement. Um, if they don't, it doesn't hurt them that much. But I think it does elevate their showing for Marvel for D23 if they do announce this one. Yeah, you're you got to announce something soon and waiting all the way until. Uh, all the way to uh, San Diego Comic-Con because I don't think it'd be anything safe really big for New York because there's not really much more coming out other than a couple trailers and whatever. I think that's what their plan would be for New York. I think this is the time to do it if you want the Marvel people to be watching this. I agree. I think this is a perfect time at D23 for that one. And the last far out one that I want to bring up, Marvel brings X-Men updates. With every Marvel Studios presentation since acquiring Fox, fans have been eagerly awaiting news on the X-Men. Now the odds are higher than ever as the MCU has begun planting seeds for their introduction with Ms. Marvel, but the time may still not be quite right yet. Firstly, reports have indicated that existing Fox contracts may prevent the MCU from recasting the X-Men until 2025, likely placing their debut into the next saga. Marvel Studios also has plenty of new characters and teams to play with for now, so it may opt to have saved the whole new super-powered race for the next saga. What are your thoughts, Diesel? At this point, they've gone on so long without mutants and the X-Men. I'm actually fine with it. If they want to push it back, cool. Um, I'm, I don't need it with everything that's coming out right now. I don't need it yet. You, I'm actually agreeing with you on this one, Diesel. I don't think we need it. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't f- feel we need this at all. Like, how bad the last few movies were with the X Men. I know Marvel's going to do better already, yeah. but I have like Deadpool's the closest thing that we got, and it was fine. And I think you just wait until Deadpool. Yeah. I agree with you. I don't. I don't really think that there's a big reason to jump in and do yeah. it too fast for this. Like, where are they? Go- I mean, yes, they're starting to kind of tease it and kind of, but that's what they should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, we still are not any closer, in my opinion, to getting mutants than we were a year ago, and that's fine with me. I don't need them to come in until after 2025 when I mean, we pass the saga. Yeah. I, technically, they already stated it with Miss Marvel. Yeah, but they're just so, laying seeds. They're just laying yeah. seeds. And I already got the money shot in the you know, Doctor Strange too. When I heard the '90s, the '90s animated music with Charles Xavier and the wheelchair, that's enough for me. It got me through. I'm good until 2026 now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just saying it should come later on. Maybe that should be the big crux of the new saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. But hey, I know people get greedy and want it. You never know. Maybe they feel the pressure and do it. I don't. I don't think they do. But, but then again, what pressure do they have? Because it ain't like DC is bringing the pressure. <laughs> they're worried about buying DC right now. Pretty much. 
Well, we got always have a fun one to end the news on, and we got one fun one to end the news on. And, of course, it's about one of our favorite people. Kevin Smith has been out promoting his latest sequel, The Upcoming Clerks 3. The filmmakers apparently already gearing up for another follow-up, a sequel to his 2014 horror movie, Tusk. News of the sequel popped up when star Justin Long revealed that Smith had been in contact with he and his co-stars Genesis Rodriguez and Haley Joel Osment about potentially doing another film. In perhaps the most fitting move possible for a Tusk sequel, Smith took to his podcast to not only confirm the news, but also tease what fans can expect from the movie and when he plans to start shooting it. You ready to hear what he said? Oh, yes. Ever since the heart attack, I've been living on borrowed time, Smith said on his latest Fat Man Beyond podcast. 2024 will mark the 10-year anniversary of Tusk. We could just leave it there and move on, but you know, I've got more story left. I'd like to tell. There's a reason we left him in the zoo at the end. I always knew as we were making the movie, I was just like, I'll totally do this again. I thought we'd have the late, great Michael Parks with us longer, but sadly he's not. But I know we got Justin... Teasing what the film's plot will be about, Smith added, Early on, I was always like, well, eventually they'll take them out of the walrus skin and try to rehabilitate them. And just like Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight Returns, he'll only ever see himself one way. Then he becomes the Howard Howe. Justin Long becomes the crazy guy who's trying to turn people into something else. Chimera things, half human and half whatever. Last time it was walrus, this time you'll see. I think we. I think that links the moose jaws. It could link to moose jaws. Um, I, maybe that's how it ends. Is we get moose jaws. Well, you think he, he, instead of doing people, he hybrid. Uh, he said other chimera. Yeah. I I don't want to see Justin Long like turn into the villain though. That's. The, oh, I, I don't know. I, I might be heartbroken with this. I'll still go see it, but I might be heartbroken by this. I did love Tusk a lot more than a lot of people did. Oh, dude, I'm with you. I gotta I gotta rewatch that. That's oh, rewatch. I, I don't know if. I'm excited for a sequel, but I don't know, depending on the direction of the sequel, especially how he phrased it, if I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll go see it regardless. But. I'm going to definitely go see it. We'll definitely review it. We love his movies, but I do want to add one part that you guys might not like. Smith also confirmed that while the title for the movie will be Tusks, so T-U-S-K-S, it will be stylized as T-U-S-K dollar sign. I would be stupid not to make what I'm calling Tusk with the dollar sign, Smith's Tusk with the dollar sign, Smith said. And yes, just like when Jim Cameron pitched Aliens, the S in Tusk has a dollar sign through it, kids. It has everything to do with the plot of the story, but it also just me nakedly communicating my ambition that I'm going to correct the past. If you live long enough, sometimes you do shit just to be like, I don't think we were wrong. I think we were early. (laughs) I'm fine with it. By the way, if you don't know, uh, James Cameron absolutely did pitch that aliens should have should have had yeah. the dollar sign yeah. as the yes. So that is really real shit for those that don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the character gets turned back into mostly human and is pissed off that he was a fucking zoo exhibit, so now he opens up the Tusks Zoo. Yeah. Maybe. I'm in. <laughs> Once again, I think that is interesting, and some people yeah. might not like it, but I think it's funny, and it's a cool homage, yeah. if you will, to James Cameron, but also... Also, at the same point, Judge, he's got a point. Why not fucking just do shit you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit, at this point, we should call it Tuss the Electric Boogaloo. Fuck it. Let's go. Let's go all in. I'm going to rate that to Kevin Smith. Note to self. (laughs) Siri. Note to self. Message Kevin Smith. Tuss the Electric Boogaloo. Anyways, (laughs) there's that little piece of business I had to take care of. Sorry, guys. With that being said, you know that means we're exiting this week's edition of the Nerd News, but don't you fret, we're not going to keep you long because when we exit the Nerd News, we directly enter. Let's all go to bed. 
Welcome back to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. We got a pretty quiet box office. Could be because of $3 movies, a lot more tickets, a lot less money. But coming in at number five for its second week on the list, The Invitation with $4.7 million. That's actually good for $3 movies. Bullet Train with $5.4 million. DC League of Super Pets with another $5.5 million. Don't want to see it. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, also with $5.5 million. And debuting this week with $6 million, the lowest for a Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Masterpiece, Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> damn it. They're just trying to make all that money. Yeah. Whatever. I'm good I'm with trying it. to steal that th- Avatar Thunder, goddammit. it. Oh, I, yeah. I wanted to go see it again. Hey, listen, I love that movie. So I love it. It's a great movie. And to see it, see it in a theater with actual other people, like it, it just feels so much better than watching it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, what do we got upcoming, Diesel? Coming up this week, Barbarian. Which we will now be doing on the show. We'll announce that in the later half, but that will not be the 3FM Movie Club review. However, it will be a bonus review view that me and Ron are doing for the show. Because Diesel is a pussy. That's right. He shan't be watching this. Also coming out this week, Medieval, Life Mark, Hockey Land, and True Things. You know what it is? He wants to go see a Life Mark. Probably. Probably. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming out next week, we over the course of several days, we have Clerks 3. Which we will be going to see, so that will be the movie club review. Spoiler alert there. Also coming out, we have The Woman King. Okay. See How They Run. All right. And Pearl. I will. Me and Ron will be seeing Pearl, so I, I promise that we will be giving a review of that as well. But that won't be the 3FM Movie Club review. That week, it will be Clerks 3, just so you guys know. Because we got to go see that bitch. Yep. Making plans. Got to buy. I already, I already got to buy the tickets. We're good. Good. We're good. All right. With that being said, though, we're on to this week's top three. All right. This is a rehash, but there's new documentaries coming out all the time. What are your top three favorite documentaries, movies, or even shows? This is this is an ever-changing one, because as new ones come out, you can always add in. Now, I'm a big documentary guy, so I'm just going to name some of the ones that, are, that I've seen newer to me. How about that? Because some of them are a little older, but I just saw them for the first time. So here's my top three as of right now. Uh, we have, at the number three spot, The Captain. The new Derek Jeter docuseries, super okay. good. I was a big fan. Uh, of course, as a New York Yankee fan, that's probably the reason why. And my number two is going to be actually a twofer because there is a great documentary series on Netflix for Woodstock 99, and HBO Max also has a Woodstock 99 documentary. Uh, both of them are great, fantastic. Check them out, watch it. Uh, they have their pluses and minuses, but they're they're both great. I, like, I enjoyed both of them. Me and my wife went down and watched all of them. And then my number one, and this is a little older, but I didn't see this until recently because uh, somebody I, I work with suggested it to me, and that is the uh, Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia, oh. the Johnny Knoxville documentary about the, the white family in West Virginia. That movie is crazy, and if you've never seen it, I, I say go see that some bitch because it, it was a lot of uh, Thank you to uh, my coworker Morgan for selecting that one. It was amazing. So good. Ron, you're up. Because uh, I'm just i not as big as the docs as you guys are. I just started watching more because I had a feeling this would pop up a sooner time. So uh, so in no actual random order, um, it's uh, the Untold, the Girlfriend That Didn't Exist, the Monte Teo. Oh, story. yeah, that was really good. That, that was actually really good. Um, abducted in Plain Sight, about the girl that got abducted by the family member. That the Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Abducted by the neighbor who actually was sleeping with everybody else in the family. 
He actually got a, her father to give him a hand job too. It was a fucking thing. Yeah, that <laughs> that story was bizarre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. alien abduction. Yeah, whole, yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, uh, I'm the Tiger King storyline because that's the Tiger King. It's yeah. so it got everybody through the pandemic for the most part. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. Diesel. All right, in the same vein, I'm going with the one I just started watching and really enjoying, The Last Dance. Oh, that was really good. I told you. Are you yeah, liking that? I'm the, liking it so far. The Jordan one is really yeah. It's really good. And uh, if, you, if you're if you just starting, you got a lot of more crazy shit that's great to come. Number two, it's a, one of my all-time favorite classic documentaries from over a decade ago now, King of Kong. Yes, oh, yes, yeah. about uh, Billy Mar- or yeah, not Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell, yeah. yeah. I forgot his name. Yeah. He's not that important. He does fucking hot sauce and he cheated for video games. Yeah. That's all you need to know, folks used an emulator but it was a fun but it was a fun documentary it is a and there's a follow-up doc. documentary yeah. that they did as well and then my number one um it's a weird one it definitely f- portrays the weirdness of some fandom i think we're alone now so about an hour and a half documentary about tiffany and her stalkers oh yeah he, he you know what it is it's so creepy you know you know what the really part of it is on some level, he relates to it. That is what it is. He's trying to find his Tiffany to be the stalker of. And also, it, it goes yeah. into your broniness. Yeah. Because one of them is a brony. They're they're all strange. Yeah. The one guy sitting in his house, he's got you know like a calendar on his head with some added tinfoil, and he's talking to her. So he thinks. Well, yeah. Well, it's the only way to talk to her. Yeah. Well, how do you think we're alone now? Duh. <laughs> well, it's like the Monte Teo one. Like, they like try to put it that the... the that she, because she transitioned, is like, like is like the innocent one out of that whole thing. Mm. That's the whole fucked up part about that whole documentary. It's like they just go with her story, and it's like, oh, I didn't mean it. I'm like try to make her not. So be it's it. the opposite of the catfish. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. well, I don't know. Uh, but once again, all great picks, gentlemen. But with that, that's going to take us out of Diesel's movie triple stuff. That means we are coming up to the break. After the break, it is going to be time for 3FN Movie Club. And this week's 3FN Movie Club review will be the brand new film, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. We'll be reviewing that right after this break. Hey, this is Kenna. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast. And you're listening to the 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. You're falling apart. And you know it. Try and try to hide it, but you show it. I need you to know I felt it too. And I'm still trying to figure it out just like you. Just like you. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. This week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And uh, if, if you ever want to know 
when we start this, we always have our hands up like we're really on the roller coaster back in the day. That's the best part about doing that bootleg version for everybody. With that being said, though, this week's 3FN Movie Club review was a brand new flick that just hit, just hit theaters and the peacock, cock, cock, the peacock. I need to make sure I get that in there for both wrestling and this. That's going to be my next goal. Uh, but with that being said, that, of course, the movie is known as Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. And uh, we got a lot of fun facts and all the stuff coming to you. But as always, for the new listeners, if there's any new listeners out there, thank you for choosing us. And uh, we're going to give you the breakdown of how this works. Firstly, we are going to do spoiler-free stuff. (laughs) Easy for me to say. Uh, And with the spoiler-free stuff, we're going to do the synopsis from Google because we always find that funny to do. Also, we are going to then give you like the release date, the director, screenplay, cinematographer, actors, all that happy jazz, all of it spoiler-free, ending with our spoiler-free thumbs-up, thumbs-in-the-middle-thumbs-down recommendation for the movie. Then we will play the spoiler alert. After the spoiler alert, we will talk about the movie and review it in full with spoilers. Then we will play the game followed by our nerd score and my critical review of the movie that once again if you don't want spoilers we have an alert so you stay with us till the alert and we'll cue you in are you gentlemen ready to start the spoiler free portion of the 3fn movie club review absolutely Hunk for Jesus, Save Your Soul is a 2022 American comedy film written, directed, and produced by Adama Ibo in her feature directorial debut. It is a feature-length adaptation of Ibo's 2018 short film of the same name. I mean, it's all true, but nothing much to go by. Yeah, it's not really a synopsis. It's a synopsis of the movie choice itself. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this movie has it was originally released on January 23rd, 2022 at the Sundance Movie Festival. And it was released wide on September 2nd, 2022. The runtime was 102 minutes. And as we already mentioned, the screenplay and director is Adama Abo. Uh, it is her first full-length movie for both screenplay and for directing. Of course, as they pointed out, Ibo had written Honk for Jesus as a short originally and shot it in 2018, obviously, with different, different actors, then adapted into a full-length feature that we've seen today. So it's awesome to see somebody new behind the seat. Uh, cinematography was done by Alan Gwadowski and uh, he's mostly done music videos. Okay. So kind of new to the scene for both, which is awesome. I've always liked new uh, up and coming directors, cinematographers, screen or screenwriters. It's always good to give them a shot. We had actors as we always do. This movie stars Regina Hall as Trinity Childs. You may know Regina from the scary movie franchise. Also Shaft, law abiding citizen and more. Uh, playing her husband in this movie and super funny and also such a great actor, Sterling K. Brown. He played Lee Curtis Childs. You remember him from Black Panther, Hotel Artemis, a bunch of other movies. And for us, we loved him on Big Mouth. Yep. Nicole Bahari plays Shakura Sumter. Uh, she was Jackie Robinson's wife in 42. Also was in the Jacob's Ladder remake. Okay. And last but certainly not least here on the Actors Word County Office is uh, the, the big homie man, Confidence, who uh, played Keon Sumter. Uh, remember him from First Flight, was the only other movie he did up to this point. Also, he's been he's been in Atlanta, American Gods, and a bunch of other TV projects. Okay. Very good actor. I did dig him a lot. Yeah. And I love the fact that his name is Confidence. By the way, it's spelled C-O-N-P-H-I. D-A-N-C-E, and I love every fucking yeah. oh, minute yeah. of it, and that's not a joke. No. I, when I read that, I was like, 
fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Because I was like, at first I was like, how do you say it? And I looked at it twice. I'm like, it's phonetic. It's fucking great. That's awesome. And I dig that. But uh, I also, uh, when I went back, I remember his character from Atlanta and American Gods that he played there. And I was like, yeah, yeah. man, this guy's awesome. Dig him. Hope I get to see him in more movies. Actually, all four of these actors, I hope I get to see him yes. way more movies. Uh, there was no budget I could find. Between IMDb, Google, they, I couldn't find the budget, but I did get the box office. The box office, worldwide, $1.75 million. Yeah, and it's not a big thing, but that's also a, run, a risky run with doing the Peacock release same yeah. time. That's what happens when you want a Peacock, cock, cock the Peacock same day. Well, let's go on to our recommendation. Remember, this is spoiler-free. So it's a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down, and a spoiler-free why or why not. Starting with Ronald, what did you give... Honk for Jesus, save your soul. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it as a as a thumbs up. Go go see it. Take out what you need to take out from it. But no, it's not the kind of comedy you think it's gonna be. Absolutely, Diesel. If you are a fan of any of my movie suggestions in the past, listen to this one. Two thumbs way way up. The acting in this movie is phenomenal. Yeah. The story itself is engaging, but the characters themselves are so intricate. It's amazing. I two thumbs way way up. Originally, when we went into this movie, this is going to be, I guess this is a spoiler, but it's not. It's just kind of, it's, it's a warning, but it's not. Because I wouldn't say it's a warning, because I'm also giving it a thumbs up. It's a round of thumbs up. But I will say this. Going in, we thought it was going to be this crazy comedy. It is not. It's more of an artsy film. Yeah. That's yes. why Diesel is high on it. And it, as he did, it was good, though. It's very yes. good. But if you were going in thinking you were going to get this crazy comedy movie, yes, there are some funny parts. There are some really crazy funny parts. However, it is more of a serious film and it do, it deals with a lot of cool shit so i will i will also give it a thumbs up but i just wanted to give that little warning if you will i wouldn't call it a warning per se because i really did enjoy this film but uh with that being said now it's time for us to have a lot of fun because if you have not seen honk for jesus save your soul this might be the time where you want to stop or pause this podcast so it doesn't get spoiled for you however if you've seen it or you don't care that it gets spoiled for you then keep on keeping on with us because we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it and for everybody else the spoiler alert is going to effect right now All right, we are in the spoiler zone, so spoilers will be talked about. Of course, as you know, we don't go scene by scene. We just do the good and the bad and give our breakdowns. And I know Diesel's the highest on this movie. Not saying that we all didn't like it, but he's the highest on this movie, so I'm going to start with him with the good. Diesel, what did you like about this movie? And, of course, we'll jump on as well. Uh, hands down, 10 out of 10, the acting in this movie was phenomenal. Sterling K. Brown was great. I love Sterling K. Yeah, Brown and everything. Regina Hall was the tour de force in this. Mm -hmm. And then the you know the side characters, uh, Sumter is played by Confidence, and um, the other woman were phenomenal as well. Those yeah. two were great. Um, the acting in this was great. The action scenes, and I'm saying action scenes, there's no actual physical fights or anything like that, but the... The jabs that women take at each other throughout this movie is an action scene. Yes. Like, it is amazing. Um, I, yeah, I can't speak highly enough towards the acting of this entire movie. I'll agree with you. The acting was really good in this movie. And also to back off of it, I did really like the action scene without having action yeah. scene. And there was a lot of cool moments between Regina Hall's Trinity Childs and a bunch of the former congregates and everything else in this movie. I really did dig that a lot, and I, I thought that you had some really interesting underlying things, and you could see that they were trying to out-nice each other while still trying to stick jabs at each yeah. other. Mm -hmm. I dug that a lot. 
Uh, Ron, yeah, likes. I mean, I mean the, the acting in this was phenomenal. That's what kept kept your interest through the whole thing. The, the The story was actually not a bad story. It just wasn't what we were thinking about going into. So that's yeah. why it's just a little eh. But like, it's a solid movie all around. It's definitely something something you need to see. After I got into the movie, I think one of the best, biggest benefits, on top of the acting and some of the other stuff, is the story. Yeah, I thought like going in, and it's it's kind of an obvious story as it unveils. You're like, oh, you know, three steps ahead what it's going to be on purpose, but it's because they never actually say. Right. Like they, I think they want you to actually unravel it yourself, yeah. and it becomes bigger. And you're like at first, and it, it tends to small down a little bit, but that's good because like at first you're like you hear about the scandal. So you're like, oh, he was cheating on his wife. Especially after you meet some of the female congregation, you're like, oh, he's cheating on his wife. As it goes further, you find out that it's not women he's cheating with. No. But then they they allow you to believe that it's young boys, like young underage boys, and you're like, oh. So mm-hmm. your your mind starts going, oh, these this is a pedophile issue. This is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. But then you find out that no, they're of age. That's the loophole. They're of age. They're of consenting age. It's just that he uses his. Status, status to, to use that as a way to get into their pants, if you will. Meanwhile, the second part of the story is how the wife is dealing with this. Something she's never done. She's a good, God-fearing woman who married a pastor, who has this seat of prominence, which you could say that that is her downfall, is that she wants this to be the first lady. But at the same point in juncture, she has a hard time trusting her husband, who she is in love with. She has a hard time dealing with what he's done, and, at the, and also dealing with the religious ramifications if she decides to leave. Because you can tell that she, on one end, she really wants to leave. But the reasons for her staying isn't necessarily for being first lady. The reasons that she stays is actually because she doesn't want her marriage to fail and give up. Yeah. And you get that reinforced by her mother. Yes. Although it comes off that at first is this is it's the first lady thing. But as you go through the movie, you find out that the fir- her staying as first lady is just her excuse out loud that she can say to keep shit together for yeah. herself and she has one of the and one of the good things about this movie and great is she and i said this a decent when we left she has one of the greatest monologues when she has her break yeah one yeah. of the <laughs> greatest monologues and she's in mime makeup yes like this is how far this woman has been degraded to is to wearing mime makeup to try to dance people into church and she finally breaks and when she fucking breaks she's just like you guys don't understand i've done nothing wrong i'm being punished but I've done nothing wrong. I've not done nothing but a committed wife. I've been committed to the church. I've been committed to God. And I've done nothing wrong. And I'm being punished for this. And all of you sit back and laugh at me like this circus clown. Yeah. All of you. And everybody judges me when I've done nothing wrong to deserve this. And you're just like, I feel for yeah. this fucking woman. Yeah. And then like the end. I love the end scene where she's outside. And you can tell once again that now she has two parts. Now you can see both parts because at one part she's like, yep, you're going to do exactly what I fucking tell you to do to him. Don't touch me. But on the other part of it, she's rationalizing why she needs to stay instead of the real reason. And I keep looking at the car that's doing the donuts. And I'm like, there's part of me that thinks she wants to jump in that car and leave. Yeah. So I thought that they had that interesting artsy part where it's like, is that person in the car one of the guys? Or is it just somebody in the empty parking lot doing donuts? What do you thought? Or is it just there to show the fact that she keeps staring at it going, I should just jump in the passenger seat of that car and yeah. go. Yeah, I think the, the, the donut scene, though, was more of a, the complete denial in Lee Curse Child. Because he was just like, they're here for me. Just one car, too, by the way. Just one car. Yeah. And, of course, you have, at the same time, you're dealing with these other church people who are supposed to be the nicer people, but you find out, basically, it's the younger version of the child, but they're even worse because they're really in it for it, but they're hiding. 
Yeah. So it's really fucking weird because they move once again. They found out the child's moved their opening service to not Easter, but the week before. So they found that out and they fucked with them to yeah. open their church the same week, even though they had already given the child's gave it up to, for them just because they were like, okay, we just need to go. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, we just want there's we're, let's pray that there's enough souls in Atlanta that we can both you know coexist, do all this. And they're, they're fighting over the Easter date, and you're like, Easter is a perfect date for this renewal of the church. Easter, obviously. And then when you get the reveals, like, oh, yeah, we just decided to give them the Easter. They need it more. And you're just like, what a yeah. absolute con. Yes. You fucking knew because you were driving by. You knew what they were doing. Yep. Yes. Whatever. But it's, it's just really, really weird. And But I, at the end of the day, I thought the story worked yeah. very, very well. With that being said, do you have any more good before we go on? Just the uh, complexity of the characters. Like you were saying about uh, Regina Hall character Trinity there, where when she finally has her breaking point. But then you cut to the next day. And the only thing is that she's willing to defend on herself after all that is the fucking hat. She yep. will yes. deal with the infidelity with other men. She will deal with all this shit. She will deal with getting publicly clowned. But she found that hat beautiful. And you talk bad about that hat. We are going to war. That is That was her final straw yes. was the hat. And it was just this weird well, that choice. That was her of, Alamo. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was the hill she was ready to die on. And she was yeah. ready to die on that hill. I just thought it was really cool. Um, but yeah, like the complexity of all the characters was great. Like Trinity, all the stuff that she was dealing with, the pastor dealing with, you know, being a homosexual, but that, that being allowed and being like an anti-homosexual minister, minister as well. Like being vehemently against homosexuals as is against, you know, the sanctity of marriage and then having to deal with it. All these were great complexities to these characters, but none of them were also likable. Right. Because, you know, we're again, we're dealing with the pastor of a former megachurch who's, you know, the, the, one of the first scenes we're seeing is them in the wardrobe being like, well, what suit should I wear? Yeah. And they're talking about all the different Prada suits yeah. that he wears. He's a priest with a Bugatti. And it was yeah. just like, oof. Yeah. Oof. They have this giant mansion and yeah. pool yeah. and everything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just thought the complexity of each of the characters in this movie. Obviously, the two child's characters were great. Even And then the... You know, the younger versions of themselves, like the up and starters. It was just really cool seeing all the complexities between these characters. Yeah. Agreed. Anybody got anything else good for the movie before we move on? Well, that means it's time to talk about bad because every movie has some bad, every movie has some good. I'm going to start this out before I kick it over to Diesel because one of my biggest gripes, and it's not even that it's horrible, it was the fact that through the marketing, through the what was pitched to us, it came across as this comedy. Like, there's going to be this great slapstick comedy. Regina Hall's in the movie. Mind you, Regina Hall has been in serious movies, yeah. but she's most known for her comedic roles. Uh, Sterling K. Brown is most known for his serious roles, but we also know he's a comedic genius because yeah. he's done it before. So it looked like, from the commercials, we were going to get this wonderful comedy with the two of them. And yes, there is comedy elements. Yes. There is fun, don't get me wrong. But it turns into this real serious artsy film, and... It's kind of one of those things where it's not that I, it ruined the movie for me because after I got in the movie, I'm like, okay, all right, I see where it is. This is good. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, man, I, I, I kind of feel cheated that I was sold a bill of goods that I didn't get. <laughs> Once again, hey, whoever edited the whoever edited the video for the trailer, yeah, get on them, I guess. But... Once again, I just I would be remiss if I did not say something that it kind of felt like it backed out on you. I don't know your feelings, but Diesel, now we'll go to you. You can add to that or tell you other bad things about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just going to disagree with that really quick because in my eyes, I thought this was a comedy through and through. The absurdity of the story of itself, 
I find myself laughing throughout this movie at parts that weren't like you know the orgy scene or the the over the top comedy scenes. I was laughing throughout this entire movie and yet still feeling for everything in this movie. Yeah. So it delivered everything that I wanted to. I can see where you're thinking it's the old Alabama switcheroo, but it was the Alabama switcheroo in all the right, right ways for me. Well, I, I will say this though about the the absurdities. You're right, but it, that makes it comedic in the Shakespeare sense of comedic yes. comedy, not in yeah. the normal lost comedy. Yeah. So when you when you put it out there that it's a comedy, we think it's a comedy of like today's standards, not Shakespearean yeah. comedy. Yeah. So I'll agree with you. I did find a lot of the absurdities hilarious. However. I was going into it thinking I'm seeing this ridiculous minister who is somehow, tra- you know, we didn't know where, yeah, where the conflict was, but it's somehow trying to build this church back up because even all of the, the trailers showed him being ridiculous. Yeah. Those absurdities were still funny, but in the light of this movie, it was a tragic comedy, yeah. much like Shakespeare. But continue, sorry. Uh, one of the things I didn't like was, and as somebody who loves the over-the-top artsy stuff, the mime scene where Regina Hall's character is full-on in mime outfit and you know lee's telling her ego the only thing stopping right now is ego expelling god out we we know you've been clowning this character the entire movie like the whole way this movie has been portrayed so to actually put her in clown makeup i think was unnecessary and was over the top itself well okay i I understand why you think it's over the top but that's actually kind of big right now especially in black churches is a having a sequence of like a mime a story telling through a mime I know this because a buddy of mine has done it. I've actually seen the video, so it's something big going on now. Okay. So to me, that that I that hit that scene hit a lot closer home than it would for anybody else. And I and I went oh, and then that when you're realizing that he's putting her in the clown make in the mind makeup to make her like she's being clowned around, it hit a lot harder. Yeah, but at that point we've already had a hundred thirty minute or an hour and a half yeah. of. Him putting her in the clown makeup, metaphorically no, speaking. No, I, I, I agree. So we didn't need it, but I didn't need it literally see, speaking. I didn't know that. Uh, Ron's school and this yeah, kind of stuff yeah. here, but I didn't know that part, which is cool. So that yeah. makes it even so, more. But even in my opinion, I didn't find it that absurd because I was like, where where does she get her breaking point? And the breaking point comes after that. Yeah. So I yeah. thought that, oh, it literally took until she became yeah. and, a clown. And when she wiped that until, face off and you got part of the makeup off, that's when she went, uh, and yeah. Like that hit a lot closer to home than for mm. me, so that it wasn't actually that bad of a thing. But when I saw it, I was like, "Oh!" That's Although it does doing. make sense that that's part of the yeah. the church, uh, some churches, because yeah. if you think about it, she's doing an interpretive thing to the yeah. song. Yeah, they do. Like it's, it's all interpreted. It's interpreted yeah. dance through song in mind makeup. In mind makeup, and uh, you know, buddy of mine who's a pastor, uh, he he actually I saw the video of him. Like, and it's a very it's a very powerful thing. So in that community, it's probably more powerful than you're thinking it is. And then when she realizes that he's just doing it, I understand metaphorically you're seeing her be clowned around, but seeing when she realize when she realizes it and realizes that he should have been doing it is the point. Yeah. That ah, that's okay. the that's the point of that whole scene. Because she's like, Wait, I'm not the pastor. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm the first lady. He should be doing this. Yeah, but he keeps putting me over here and it also hits after that sex scene. Which was hilariously funny because he only wants to, you know, go. Right, and that's before they reveal yeah. they reveal that he's yeah. that he's uh, yeah. gay, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, yeah, he, when he uses the excuse of you know ego expelling God out yeah. to her, it's yeah. actually no, you're the one with all the ego, yeah. obviously. Yes. And that's fully more seen in the uh, scene where he's talking about how he needs to save the souls. Yeah. And the ambulance masterfully goes yeah. in the background, and he does not even flinch to look at. There's an ambulance going. Yeah. He's worried about. 
his yes. financials and all that. He's not worried about saving souls. No. He has no concern about the welfare of any other human being, especially his wife. Yeah. I agree. No, I agree with you. But I, like I said, that was some uh, good culture that you shared yeah. with us there, Ron. It makes it, it does make the deal a little different. I just thought it was like, I personally thought it was, because I didn't know that at the time, I thought it was just like, oh, that was where her breaking point was, which eventually we had to get there. But I agree. It's true. The breaking it's, it's point, where it is. But the breaking point from that aspect is actually even worse yeah. because now it's like, oh, I'm not in clown makeup to be a clown. I'm just doing this because you won't. Yes. Just like everything else, you won't do yeah. it. I'm sacrificing and I did nothing wrong. And I think that's where now yeah. it makes more sense when she's like, I did nothing wrong. Yes. Which is yeah. true. She's yeah. she's done everything and I, right. I'm doing everything you want me to do for this congregation. Get us back in morning. And I think that's where that character, when you said about most of them were hateable, I think that's where you learn that that character is intatable. You learn that throughout this movie, the things that you hate about her, the materialistic yeah. stuff, is now that was her hiding everything that was really wrong. And yeah. what was really wrong with her is she's dealing with a husband who's an egomaniac yeah. who is cheating on her, not just cheating on her, but cheating on her with men when their beliefs are that that's wrong. Yeah. So, and that's what they show. That's why they show the clip of him preaching against homosexuality for is because, you know, obviously, and yeah. obviously we're talking right out of the news, right? Yeah. But you know, the whole, the whole thing is that she's compromised and compromised and compromised, and now she's hiding behind a persona, and she can't do it anymore. Yeah. And then at the end, you see how she half hides and half doesn't. Yeah. Like she's trying to put on the good public face, but inside, as you like, when she's like, "Don't touch me," is her real voice she can use finally, but still putting on the public yeah. face. Yeah. But continue, sorry, Diesel. Okay. Um. Yeah, like, well, going back to, like, how I found her, like, kind of despicable as well, though, when he has that great monologue, I may not be a perfect man, all that oh, stuff. Oh, and she keeps like, interrupting him? Interrupting him, then he finally goes through with it. It's a great scene. Yeah, like, he's is. really putting everything out there, and it cuts over to her. Is that it? Yeah. Or you're just like, ooh. Yeah. The, 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 oh, right through the heart. Cold sold it, like, so well, too. Yeah. Like, that, that, that hurt. Yeah. No, I agree at the time that that happened, but, like, looking back on the movie now, I'm like, Okay, that was kind of her, like, because it wasn't. He wasn't sincere about any of that. Because yeah. we found out just shortly after, like you, you were yeah. pointing out, that he wasn't sincere yeah. about yeah. any of that. Especially when he was confronted with Khalil. When yeah. Khalil confronts him about their relationship, you know, he, he doesn't care. Like, he's like, I needed you. And then I found out I was just another kid wearing Jordans and driving a Camaro for you. Yeah. So it was like, oh, shit, you know. So the egomania was really him. All right, so in the same vein of the egomania thing, the scene where the you know the convict who's doing the trash, do you think he was a plant from a child? I don't know. I think he was probably. I think I, he I, was. I could, I could see it was going not that a, way. It was not a plant from the documentarians, quote unquote. It was a plant from him. But I think that's ingenious. Yeah, yeah. To show you know because like obviously he needed it and it was an uplifting moment for the character of the pastor. I think 100% it was a stage. And it was over the top yeah. with the hug and everything. <laughs> like, it's against everything he would do, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Especially because we saw him freak out in the beginning of the movie for the gum on the shoes. Yeah. yeah. So why would he touch somebody who's been touching garbage? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. yeah. Now that you mentioned it, man, this movie is way deeper than I thought. I might have to change my scores in this damn movie. Uh, with that being said, uh, you got any other negatives before I pass it on to Ron? Ron, nope. negatives. All right. Covered them like, all? Pretty much covered it all. Like I said, this isn't the comedy that they sold you with the trailer. But it is a very uh, emotional movie. Like, it is definitely something that you need to see. And, like, it's it's a solid movie. The acting is amazing in this movie. Uh, we, we love wordy moody movies. We watch Kevin Smith's movies all the time. So, like, it, it's, it is one of those just know to be paying it. Like, it's one of those movies to sit down and actually listen to and watch. It's not something you can be doing something else with. Oh, yeah. I got the one more. 
Okay. Uh, and I said it when we got out of the theater. It, it also came straight out on Peacock. I do not think this is a movie that you need to waste your time and go into the movie theaters for. Watching it on your home TV is plenty good enough. This is not a movie right. theater movie. Although we did have a free private showing. Yes. Because I used, uh, <laughs> it was the last day of unlimited tickets in August for our passes. Yeah. And of course my pass. So I paid the $2.30 for fee. And uh, we were by ourselves in yeah. the theater. So it was <laughs> nice. awesome. We got to chat nice. and everything else. Uh, with that being said, though, I, I don't really have any other negatives. Like I said, I'm with Ron. Like A lot of it was just a misconception, but once I got in there and, ex- and, and accept, accepted what we were seeing, which was really good, I was like, oh, okay, this is really good. And I, you know, I didn't feel like I was betrayed as much anymore. Right. Uh, with that being said, I, I don't, everything else that you mentioned was good, but there's some of the stuff that even now talking about it has made me think about the movie in a whole different light. And I, I really do think that this movie is definitely a good conversational movie. And I also think that this movie is, is definitely worthwhile. But I will agree with your other part. You don't necessarily have to see this in the theater. Yeah. I think seeing this at home is just fine because it's not something that the big screen helps, per se. I mean, it was nice to have a private show. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> with that being said, though, before we give the nerd scores, before I can give my critic score, you know we have to have a little bit of fun here because... Time to play the game. Time to play the game! That's right, it's time to play the game. The game is played simply. We are going to get the internet scores from around different sites, and these two gentlemen are going to guess it. It's Price is Right rules, so it's the closest. Without going over, we'll get the point. Unless it's the tiebreaker question, in which case, it's it's the closest to the number, period, because we don't do ties here. Of course, Diesel snuck out a win last week, so he is your reigning champion. Ron is trying to take the uh, throne back. By the way, Ron has had a great luck in the last couple months. Diesel has gets got a few, but Ron has been staying out there. So can he get it back or not? We'll find out soon. Ron, you get to go first because you're the challenger. IMDB, out of 10 using points, what did they give Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul? It's going to be high. 82. So 8.2? 8.2, 8, 8. sorry. I don't Diesel. think it's going to be that high. In my head, I'm thinking 7.1, but I want to give myself a little more of a buffer. We're going to go with even 6. 6, 8.2. 5.2 out of 10. Oh, oof. A little Gosh. low there, a little low. Diesel, you get to go next. Ron Tomatoes, out of 100%. What did they give? Hog for Jesus Save Your Soul. 65. Ronald. I'll go 70. 70, 65. And with that, Ron gets the point. 73%. Okay. 73%. Well, that means we're going to make this interesting, and the final question will be closest to the number, and it also will be worth two points. So, Ron, you get to go first. You are the challenger. Google users, out of 100%, what did they give? Hog for Jesus, save your soul. 80. Diesel. Easy Money says I go 81, just cut you off. But I think it's going to be lower. I think this is going to be one that's going to piss me off. I'm going 79. 79, 80. So if it's higher than 80, Ron wins. If it's lower than 80, <laughs> Diesel wins. Because the Google users is all you can do. Your winner and still champion, Diesel. And Diesel, get ready to rant. Actually, before I give oh, you the, Jesus before I give it to you. I need to play the diesel alert. Hold on one second, folks. It's going to be worth it. I'm waiting so right this one. Had your kids, had your wife, and had your husband because they're raping everybody out here. Google users have this at 52%. Wow. 
This is probably the lowest I've seen a Google user review. Yeah. Like, granted, it is very new and it didn't get a huge box office. So not a lot of people. So the few people that saw it probably... The people that are going to write a, a review on it or write yeah. a rating on it are all fucking stuck-up little Karen cunts. Fuck you. <laughs> Enjoy this movie. This was a great movie. It was a great directorial debut. Yeah. Fuck you, Google users. Even if I was going to guess for real, I would never want that low. No, no way. Uh, maybe 58 at the lowest. Maybe. And that's just trying to get the gap of getting the 60s because I went in like the 70s. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, yeah. if you makes you feel like the Metacritic score was 64. I should bring back the Metacritic scores because they give them on IMDb. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'll start making my own list. Google users still have to be on there because it's hilarious. Yeah. I... So Diesel retains. The game is good. But now it is time for us to give our scores. And first of all, we give the nerd score. I give my critical score after. But the nerd score is as follows. It is a combination of a movie review, an entertainment score. So that means even if the movie was not a great critical movie, it still could be entertaining enough to give you a, give it a bump in score. Perfect uh, demonstration of that would be Maximum Overdrive. It's a terrible movie, but at the same time, it's a lot of fun. So it gets bumped in the score. And last but not least, it's a recommendation. So with that being said... One is no. That means it's a terrible movie, it's horrible, and there's no reason to ever see it. Two is a you've been warned, which means it's not quite terrible, but it's also not good. You've been warned. Three is ah, it's okay, which means it's a average to good movie. It's not setting the world on fire, but you know what? If you don't want to spend any money on it or you want to wait to see it or, you know, if it's just on in the background, it might be worth a watch. You won't regret seeing it, but it's never going to change your life. A four is just take my money. That means these are movies you can go to the theater to see. You can pay to rent them. Also, because of movies like now where you get them on the Peacock for, for the $4.99 like this one, I would also say this is a movie that's, you know, very good to great where you're kind of like okay this is worth watching sitting down and dictating time to watch that would be a, where a just take my money is and last but certainly not least is certified nerd this is rarefied air this is for the classics this is for the great epic movies movies like jaws jurassic park of course this past year spider-man no way home and the batman were unanimous from us and we've had ones where one of us or two of us have picked but not unanimous but we only count them if they're unanimous eventually when i compile them all together you'll see what we pick and you can go in line with one of us with that being said, Ronald, we'll start with you. What was your nerd score for Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul? I, I put it at a three. Like, I really think you need to see it. I don't think, like you said, you don't need to go to theaters to see it. But watching this, I think it'll, you know, it, it, you're not going to be upset about it. Agreed. Diesel. I'm at a solid four. I'm in the same boat. Like, it's kind of weird with our nerd scale. Pay the $4.99 for Peacock to watch this. You know, you don't have to see it in theaters, but it's still a good movie. And if you have to pay for it, it's definitely worth the $4.99. Well, that's why I added in there for this yeah. one specific, and I should add in for more. Yeah. If This is also a movie you should pay attention to. So if you are seeing it for something you subscribe to, it is a movie that you're actually going to want to sit down and digest yeah. and watch. Uh, a lot of movies, like a three, I would say having it on the background, no problem if you don't see the whole thing. You didn't miss the whole movie. Just make sure you see the good parts, right? Uh, you know what? Throughout this, I was at a three... But I'm going to bump it up to a four because after going through this whole review process, I was like, you know what? I did like it a lot better than I thought. There was a lot of stuff in there that you should actually have. I'm, I'm on the lower end of a four, you know, but we don't do point scales yeah. here because of the scale. But I'm on the lower end of a four, but it's still worthwhile to watch. And if you're going to watch it, I think you need to pay attention because it's those subtleties in, in the movie that are actually what gets you to where you need to be. 
And also, I changed my score on it. I was originally going to give it a lower score than I did, but I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. I thought this executed on different levels. I, I already thought it did execute out there, but when you start breaking down and adding some things in and really talk about this movie, this movie's a lot better than, than what you're going with. Now, mind you, I would also forewarn you, if you're not into artsy flicks and movies that are deep, this is probably not the movie for you. But outside of that, I think these, this is a perfectly good movie. This is right up a diesel alley. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, though, next week, next week, we also have something that's right up Diesel's alley for the 3FM Movie Club review. Now, mind you, we are, me and Ron are going to go see Barbarian. So you guys, patrons will get it first, but everybody will get a bonus review next week for Barbarian. Diesel has decided he wants to set that out. As you know, Diesel does not do horror movies for the most part. I know he's gone to see some lately, but we have to ask him nicely if he's going to be in or not. Barbarian, he thinks it may be too scary. Uh, for him. So me and D, or me and Ron are going to see it and we are going to do a review for you because that's what we're going to do. With that being said though, that means we needed a movie. So we dug into the Patreon grab bag and I'm going to give a little story from Patreon. See, we only had a few left and we're going to be asking for another round from our wonderful patrons. If you would like to add to those rounds, go to patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. Join for as little as a dollar a month and you'll get to tune in five picks for the next movie round we do. But we only have certain selections left. So as we were looking at it, there was two horror movies that we knew that Diesel would never want to watch. And of course, we had to draw for our monthly We Love Movies uh, exclusive to Patreon show. So I said, well, we're going to make two drawings. If the first drawing is a horror film, then we'll use that for We Love Movies. If the second drawing is, is regular, we'll use that for 3FN Movie Club. However, the compromise was if they were both horror movies, which there was only two that he wouldn't watch. That meant that he had to pick one of them to be the 3FM Movie Club review. And wouldn't you know, and by the way, it was all random. It was done by a raffler. It's not like I set it up or Ron set it up. This was all done by the raffler on the iPad. Somehow, someway, first pick, The Conjuring. Second pick, Child's Play. So the two movies that he will not watch came up. So that means... He got the pick. And so for next week's 3FN Movie Club Review, I am pleased to tell you we will be doing the original Child's Play. And Diesel is going to have to at least... We, we did say he didn't have to watch the movie. But he has to at least watch the Dead Meat Kill Count on Child's Play so he can give a review. So we had to, to make some concessions. But he's going to do it. And me and Ron are going to give you a full-on one because obviously we've seen the movie before and we have no problem watching that damn movie again. <laughs> but uh, we just want to let all of you at home know what you might be missing on Patreon and why joining our Patreon is pretty awesome. And yeah. me and me and Ron were ecstatic. We, I'm buying a lotto ticket because there's no way that should have been possible. I took the gamble. I was like, I will definitely take the gamble. One in six times a one in five shot. There's no way we're going to hit both of these movies. <laughs> Would have been just better if it was Child Play first, then The Conjuring, because you would have been like, C O oh, it's Con, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's Con, well, that's what happened, because there was Con Air still in the line. Yeah. So I was like, so we saw Conjuring was first, and then the second raffle, I see a C, and then I see the O, or I see the H, and I go, oh, there's there's only a C-O, so C-H is Child's Play. We got it, we got it. <laughs> and me and Ron celebrated, to Diesel's dismay. So next week's 3FN Movie Club is going to be the original Child's Play, as picked by our patron, Charles. So thank you, Charles, for making the pick and being a patron. And also, you're going to get to hear Diesel squirm like a worm as we discuss that movie. And of course, for everybody else, you will get a bonus review for Barbarian. Now that that's been said, 
It is now time, Diesel, for us to pay them bills in time for some shameless plugs. That means if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us. But do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. Type 3FN Podcast into any podcast provider, and booyah kashad, there we are. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button so you get the show delivered to you each and every week automatically. Also, if you've done all of that already... Would you mind giving us a five-star rating? Because it helps the algorithm. It costs you absolutely nothing, but means the world to us. We're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, 3FN Podcast. There, you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review. Help us spread the word of nerd. You can find us on Twitter and TikTok at 3FN Podcast and on Instagram at 3FN Pod. Remember, for all of the social medias, use that hashtag 3FN Pod. And if you have to email us, 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. Of course, uh, double shot here. Make sure you follow us over on that Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash 67 podcast. So when we go live, you'll be notified. We do movie nights over there. and We're going to be doing other things as well. We're kind of relaunching and getting things in order. But trust me, you're going to want to make sure you're following us over at twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. And of course, as you heard a minute ago, if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as $1 a month and also get a bonus, a ton of bonus content, plus get to pick movies, you can do that at patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. H T T P colon backslash backslash three F N P O D C A S T dot com. That's right, three FN podcast.com for all things three FN. You can find the player there to play the three FN podcast. Also the player for six oh seven TWS. Also uh, friends of the show like the Ocho Dura Parlay Hour, and there's a player for them too. Jesus, we got a lot of players. Uh, also, the Patreon links there, the T Public, where you can buy some swag and support us. That's the links for that is there as well, as well as the link to the Twitch channel. There's links there for the music you hear on the show, like our good friends, uh, shout out the robots who do our theme song each and every week, and the other bands you hear during the breaks. You can find all of their great music and where to get a hold of them right in our music directory. Also, while you're there, check out uh, the sponsors row. But they help us bring the show to you commercial free, so we want to give them a shout out right now. First of all, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios, Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all of your Magic Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about anything happening at the shop, make sure you like their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex Rod's Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your right, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent you. And of course, we want to give a big shout out and thank you to everybody who came to Sci-Fi Horror Fest a couple weeks ago. Guess what? We're doing it again next year, August 25th and 26th. Tickets and everything aren't on sale now, but make sure you stay in touch with the website, scifihorrorfest.com. And of course, you can get that link right over at 3fnpodcast.com. With that being said, Ronald? One out of ten stars. More boring than golf. Snooze. I barely sat through this movie once, but when I had to watch it a second time, I simply fell asleep. The movie was so combination of bad acting and bad writing. It is nowhere near as good as some of the people say. I don't care how many awards it got. It was such a waste of time. I mean, come on. Elijah Wood can't act to save his life. And the guy who played Sam was a good actor in other stuff I saw him in, but he was terrible in this. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, though, and assume it was the writing. I mean, I can get past the the cheesiest of Star Wars because I love both the original and the new trilogies, but Lord of the Rings is ridiculous. I know this is just my opinion, but I mean, you're insane if you honestly think this movie deserves awards. One out of ten stars. First of all, before Diesel rants, and I ran as well, What when was that written? Uh, 2006. 
So that would be the prequel trilogy. Yes. Fire away, Diesel. <laughs> Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. You motherfucker. Sean Astin and Elijah Wood are fucking national treasures and will be fucking treated with respect that they deserve. Neither of them have any scandalous fucking stories behind them. They both just do their movies, do their shows, and move on with their lives. They're nice, quiet, and they put 100% into every project that they do. Fuck you. <laughs> I would also like to add in there, if you think Elijah Wood's acting is bad, and you were watching the prequel trilogy, and you were all right with hating Christensen. That is the problem, sir. Just throwing it out there. That's a that's that's not a little excuse. That's a big excuse. With that being said, though, we have come to the end of this show, thankfully, because I'm getting tongue-tied and can't speak. You know what it is? Uh, this is a little behind the curtain, but for the patrons would know. Uh, on Patreon, I made the comments of like some show notes that we should do. Like, if you know you get tongue tied or if something happens, you should always like kind of restart. I think it was just kind of one of those things where <laughs> at the towards the end of the show, my mouth went dry and went, I can't talk anymore, and that's probably what jinxed me. So yeah. it wasn't Diesel with a voodoo doll. We j- <laughs> I jinxed myself during show notes. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. But Made it all the way through to the end. But through the magic of editing, for those of you who stayed with us to the end, you will never hear any of that, which is amazing. But if you're on Patreon, it was actually kind of funny as I couldn't speak for a minute. Literally, my mouth dried up and I couldn't talk. It was the first time he's ever been speechless. It is. It was very weird. I think uh, Ron was also right. I have not taken as many sips as I normally take because I usually have to drink a lot because I dehydrate quickly. Plus, you're on like hour almost five of podcasting for today. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, Especially with the power outage and everything. I had to speak louder during the with the Yeti mic. Uh, because, yeah, it's played behind the curtain for 607 TWS. The power went out in our first segment. We had to come to the other studio, and I had to break out the Yeti. Because the power uh, was out here. Because the power was out here as well, and I had plugged the Yeti in, and you have to be a little louder because it's not a microphone that's right in front of your face. It's, it's fucking insane. So the, the things we do for you guys, we love you and the things we do for you. With that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our review of uh, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. I also hope you enjoyed our takes on the nerd news and everything coming up. Next week, we will be back with more nerd, nerd news, including everything that goes down at D23. And on top of that, of course, we'll have the 3FN Movie Club review of the original Child's Play. And until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later, nerds. Later. Shout out to the expert teaching me the ancient art of voodoo. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. 